everybody, what's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag Boss Lee or the People's Mentor. And I am super excited for you today to hear from somebody who is so inspirational on so many different levels. And I I found so much value in our time we spent together in Canada, but also just times I've spent with him online. And I'm going to guess most of you have probably spent some time with him online. His social media gets over 60 million downloads, views, etc. a week, which is unbelievable. But I was actually a really, really big fan of his book as well, The Greatest You, because here's why I felt like, and I'll introduce him in a second. But I felt like he said things that people are so scared to say that actually make people shift and make people have changes in their life. And I think the world needs a lot more of that. And so he's very in your face in a good and positive and uplifting way. He is certainly one of the most sought after motivational speakers, but I don't even know if he wants to be called a motivational speaker because motivation <laughs> is an emotion and it literally does not last forever. So I don't know what you want to be called, but you are certainly inspirational. You are a world shaker, which I love and I value so much. And I love that you do it from a way that... People like me can relate. And I think that is what makes you so powerful. I love watching his marriage and his children online. He is just a man of faith and I, I adore that about him. And so with no further ado, you probably figured it out, but I would love to bring to the people's mentor, Trent Shelton. How are you? I'm good, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. I truly appreciate it, you know, during these crazy times and you sharing your platform with me to hopefully inspire some people. So thank you. Absolutely. I think a lot of people, like I said, need to hear the kinds of things that you say and you speak upon, um, especially we're dealing with Corona right now, if you're listening in the future, yeah. um, in a time when people are maybe a little bit uneasy. So um, let's maybe take you back to maybe Baylor years. He was a super, super, super talented football player where I know he had tons of life lessons that then brought you into the place you are right now. Cause you expected to be, um, from everything I've heard anyway, a super, you were expecting to be an NFL superstar. And so can you kind of take us a little bit on that journey of finding your true path and, um, maybe speak yeah. to people? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, went to uh, Baylor. Uh, I mean, my whole dream growing up as a kid was to be a some type of professional athlete, whether it's baseball, basketball, football. Football happened to just be my sport um, more more so than the other ones. And got a scholarship to Baylor. Uh, Redshirted my first year, and my Baylor career was up and down at first, and then you know the last two years it really boomed and took off. And I just you know like every every athlete, I thought I was going to be a a top draft pick. And my uncle actually coached in the NFL, so he was giving me feedback. So I thought I would be like a fourth-round pick. Didn't happen. Uh, went the free agent route. And my whole NFL career was that, like practice squads, getting released, getting injured, uh, you know, getting released 10 times, you know, in one year. So driving back to Texas, back to Indianapolis. And uh, it was just really up and down, and um, it really took a hit in my confidence. You know, when I look back, I was realizing I was tying my worth so much to the things that I really couldn't control. And I uh, hit depression, and I just dealt with it in ways that, you know, a lot of people numb their emotions, you know, going out and trying to use the celebrity card and just kind of losing myself in the whole lifestyle that comes with the NFL. And um, my breaking point, uh, my rock bottom, which I'm grateful for, it changed my life. And even as we're speaking right now, like, I just know, you know, beautiful things that come out of disasters. And so when I'm in this time right now and this coronavirus, I'm just always thinking about, Man, the last time I went through something crazy, you know, something beautiful happened. And um, two things that, that really changed my life and really got me on the path of doing what I do now 
uh, one was the birth of my son. Tristan wasn't planned, uh, you know, and he was my biggest blessing ever. Me and Marie at the time, we were just, we weren't even dating. You know, we just really liked each other. And Tristan was, no by way of accident, but we didn't plan on him, um, on having him. And it was just a hard point in my life. And it just made me realize, like, you know, my father was in my life my whole entire life. And it just made me realize, like, I had to man up. And so Tristan was the 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 purpose in my life that really helped me become a better man. Um, the purpose in my life that helped me do what I do now to another extent was my best friend committing suicide. One of my best friends, my college roommate. And uh, that got me on the path of rehab time because it, I just made a promise to him that I would dedicate the rest of my life uh, trying to uplift people. And that's what brought me to you know what I do today. That happened in 2011 and Tristan was born in 2008. So. So um, thank you, by the way, for sharing vulnerabilities. I think that we all connect through vulnerabilities. We don't connect through the glitz and the glam and the whatever else. So I really appreciate that. And so much of what you even just said from the football part to the having the child to, to having Tristan to all of these things, I think it kind of comes down to a conversation of ownership. And that is very aligned with what's going on right now. You mentioned beautiful things come out of disaster and that just, it resonates so true with so much in my life as well. Um, crazy disaster set me up for the path that I'm on right now. And so um, you talk a lot about that in your book as well about Tristan getting you away from people that were, I'm pretty sure you call them like negative seeds in your head and creating all this doubt around you and people just wanting to be around you for the clout or whatever else. Um, and so um, maybe it's just because it's relevant, could you speak a little bit more to that about the ownership behind that and owning your life and then even owning a situation like right now when people are scared and people are nervous and people are unsure instead of owning uh, their lives? Yeah, ownership is everything. You know, I have a tagline that says it all starts with you. And I mean, the world knows that line now in every video, literally with that every message. And that came from me looking in the mirror uh, and telling myself, like, it all starts with you. Because I was in a place of not ownership. I was in a place of, I like to call it the, the BC mindset, uh, blaming and complaining. You know, it was everybody's fault. It was everybody's fault that I was cut. It was everybody's fault that my lifestyle was the way it was. And And while some of those things could have been true, by me not accepting the situation and taking ownership of the situation, I was giving those things the power to control my life. Yeah. And if you're in a situation right now and maybe it's a relationship that went bad, maybe it was a, you know, somebody did you wrong in business and those things might be true, right? It doesn't bring excuses to their behavior or what happened, but as long as you blame them, they will continue to control your life and you won't do anything. So um, for me, ownership was everything, owning my past, owning my mistakes, uh, owning my pain, owning my insecurities. And you talk a lot, you know, you brought up transparency and it's just, that's where my freedom is. You know, I, I refuse to uh, fake a perfection because that's just not a place where I feel like is effective for me. And uh, it's not a place of freedom for me. It doesn't really relate to other people. So um, ownership has been the thing that has changed my life because I know that's when I can actually do something about the situation and not be in prison, you know, towards it anymore. I remember, so I saw you at Rise Toronto. We both flew from DFW yeah. <laughs> to, 
<laughs> the last time we were ever allowed to leave our houses and we went there. Um, <laughs> and you actually, you talked about the BC mindset, which I hope everyone wrote that down. Like if you haven't already screenshot this, put it in your stories, tag Trent Shelton, myself, so we can love on you guys. Make sure you do that. But I remember you talking about the BC mindset, which I hope you wrote down, the blame and complain mindset where it's everyone's fault. And oh, and, you know, I know I got cut from the football team or I know I like my big thing. I know you don't know my whole story, but I got terminated as the top earner in a company. So I went from making 200 some thousand dollars a month to literally nothing. And then like, it was the slander, the cray was like crazy. And I could have done the blame, shame, justify, whatever. And then your mindset, you switch on and you went into this at rise, as you call it the AC mindset. So I don't need to ruin it for them. You can tell them what is the <laughs> AC mindset and how do people get into this? Cause you actually ended of course, with your tagline, you did say it all starts with you. Um, right. But I would love for you to go into that because I think there's something where you switch that paradigm from life is happening to me, to me, to me, to me, to me, to me. Oh, it's not my fault. It's not my fault into this life is happening for me mindset that you call the AC mindset. So I'd love for you to go in on that because I thought it, I mean, I when you said it at Rise, I was like, get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, the BC mindset is just basically blame and complain, and most people live there. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you're a bad person because we all tend to go there. Like, it's always someone else's fault. Um, but then I started realizing, like I said, I was allowing these things to continue to control me. Like, even the things that were controlling my past or, you know, I went through a bad business ship, a business, business partnership in my past. And I was realizing that even though, like, everything I was saying was true, it was keeping me from other opportunities that were good for my life because I was holding on to that pain. And so I said, I mean, I have to switch this into the AC mindset, which is accept and change it, right? Because acceptance is freedom. Like you, you can never get to the other side of what you're going through if you don't accept it. And most times we try to tuck it in, we try to suppress it, we try to sweep it under the rug. But once you accept it, once you come face to face with it and say, okay, it happened, what do I do now? And uh, that's where I'm at with life. Like anything that happens to me uh, in a negative way, I accept it. Like right now, I'm accepting that, you know, things in my business are changing. I'm not speaking. Uh, you know, um, a lot of like even with merchandise that I show, my printer is not printing right now. So I accept these things. Now I'm saying, OK, well, what can I do to, to make the changes necessary? And that's how you truly grow. And that's how you you go from being a victim to actually a victor and actually accomplishing some things in your life. Sure. So I love that. And I feel like with everything you're doing, it's going to keep probably rolling back to that ownership. It's just, it's, it's like yeah. a constant theme of Trent Shelton. I just love it so much. Um, and and I, I love that though, because I feel like so much of this is you're not treating life like it's a game. You're not treating it like it's something that you just watch. I feel like you're fully participating in everything and you're constantly looking for solutions. Uh, so I kind of, I want to know about this printer. I don't know. Like what's going on with the printer and how are you, yes. what are you going to do about your printer? I don't know. It's, it's relevant. So now I'm, yeah, just, so, I'm nosy. Tell so, me. <laughs> yeah, no, he's so, um, there's just, like it's one of my close friends and he has a, a big business out here in Arlington, but he's just actually shut down because it's not a central need right now. So uh, oh. hopefully things will change like with my merch. And so um, I'm an online guy, you know, everything probably since 2010 has been online. So this, that's just the area that, you know, has taken a hit right now, but I'm using that as fuel to say, okay, well, how can we do something different? Okay. How can I now make time for, other things so it's really pushing me now to do the things that i know i probably need to do i've been putting off 
But uh, hopefully, you know, in the next few weeks, um, things will change. And if it doesn't change, we'll just have to figure something out. So I want to know then, what are some blessings you have found in oh, yeah. this whole? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know where the blessings are. Oh, uh, I mean, huh. so definitely the first one um, for sure is just, and this is the thing. I, I wrote this tweet out probably two weeks ago when this thing all hit. I said, you know, the coronavirus is going to expose to us what truly matters in our life. Because a lot of times we forget, you know, you're on this road of growing, progressing, you're on this busy life. And for me, slowing me down February and March, uh, this whole year was my busiest year. Like I was on the road, going to be on the road a lot and just speaking and traveling, doing so many things. My book was supposed to come out May 5th. They pushed it back to August. And so it was a lot going on. And it's crazy because I knew that it was going to be a very turbulent time with my peace. I'm a big person on protecting my peace. And I knew it was going to pull me a lot. And a lot of my prayers were just, man, like, just slow me down, God. Just slow me down a little bit. Prayers for protection. And I'm not saying the answer my prayers by this, but this happened. And so now I'm in a place where, you know, it's nothing but family time um, with the kids. And we're doing things we've never done before. I know this might seem silly, but you probably can see it back here. You know, when I bought bikes. And so me and Tristan, my 11-year-old, our new thing is, Every evening, we practice our social distancing, by the way, with other people, but we uh, we ride our bikes. And so this has become like a thing that we love to do. And there's just so many other things. I mean, we're playing Uno, me and my daughter, we're just connecting on a whole different way, me and my wife. And so that's the biggest blessing is that it's slowing down these things uh, in the world that might not, it's, it's slowing me down to make me do things that I might not have would have done in the first place. And then you're seeing a lot of Another blessing is just a lot of connections that are happening. You know, I don't know. I'm pretty sure this connection would have happened since we talked before. But I'm seeing a lot of, like, today I actually talked to a school uh, through Zoom. So it was a whole class. And I knew that wouldn't have happened, like, that way if it wasn't for this. So, you know, you can choose to focus. Your perspective can be your power or your prison. And um, you live in Texas, so you know this is true. Like, for the last, what, three weeks, it's been raining like crazy. Yeah. And um, my backyard has been like, before this, my backyard was was brown, the grass was dead, it was like in halfway spring, winter, whatever. All this rain came, these storms came, and now I walk outside and it's nothing but green. We literally so just, just said everything is so green. It's like, we are, it's like a jungle in Texas it right now. Like, <laughs> and that's what the storm produces, you know? I'm just always, like, I'm a big nature head, but I'm always looking at the storm. It's like, man, the storm produces new life, new growth, new opportunities. And sometimes it takes a storm that we don't understand to produce something better. And so I'm trying to figure out, um, even as we speak in real time, like what's going to be the thing that I look back on, you know, five or 10 years from now, I mean, even a year from now and say, man, because of that coronavirus mess, this beautiful thing was built. It brought me to this. So holistically, I'm looking at that from health to spending time with my family, with my business. So trying to figure that out. I love that. Thank you for answering that. And I agree with you. I think you already are just this almost larger than life person online, right? Um, in person, I love this about you. You're, you're definitely an introvert. Like, I don't know <laughs> if people know this about you. I know you talk about it and you say, oh, I have this big fear of public speaking and I got shoved <laughs> into it. But like, really, when, I, when I, I'm introverted too, but I'll do the business extroversion thing. And I went up to you and introduced myself, right? We had that chat. I was, and you were so quiet, like up against the wall. I'm like, oh, he is for real introverted. Like, he's so nervous right now. And I love that because um, I, I, I really feel like I know your business is successful as it is. I just, for you, I, I agree. I see you being 
so much more. I feel like you'll look back on this uh, five years from now, even not even probably that long, you know, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, like the blessings and the little shifts and the little pivots that were made in the Trent Shelton legacy through Corona, I just think is going to be going to be beautiful for you. Um, that just kind of naturally took me to to this point, which is I would love for you to talk about conquering your fears a little bit, because I know this was not really your plan. Your plan was to be an NFL star. uh, And then God said, no, (laughs) um, I would love for you to talk about facing your, maybe like some of your biggest demons and fears and, and following the path that, that um, you are now. Yeah. Um, Speaking, yeah, obviously, I mean, like, so I'm, I'm like a real introvert. Um, and, you know, I always make this joke. Like, I have two older brothers. There's three boys, three of us. And my dad, even to this day, and my mom, too, they're like, they trip out. Like, they still can't believe it. So, like, out of the three boys, Truman have been the least, like, the one we picked last to be, you know, a speaker or anything like that. And um, it was definitely my biggest fear. And sometimes it still is a fear a little bit. But I just understand fear a lot better. You know, obviously, you know, false evidence appearing real. But the, the thing that I love to tell people is like the, the fear thing, why we have fear so much. And I believe there is a positive fear. I believe there's a fear that, you know, keeps us alive, a fear that tells us not to do crazy things that, you know, will harm us or put our families in danger. But there's also a fear that paralyzes our dreams. There's a fear that paralyzes the potential of us being the greatest version of ourselves. And oftentimes that fear is wrapped around opinions or how we're going to look. It's wrapped around failure. It's wrapped around judgment, all these things. And so when I started to evaluate that, I started to realize that everything I was afraid of in my life, I have never experienced it. And so I was creating a result. Like I was saying what it was going to be, I was creating an end result from a situation that I never went through. And so if we look at fear as a door, right? And, Fear is a door and what we want to get to is on the other side of the door. We'll never walk through that door if what's on the other side of that door is something that's negative. You'll never walk through. It's like if I'm a boxer like, and I'm telling myself I'm going to lose this fight, I'm going to get whooped, I'm probably not even going to step in the ring. I'm probably not going to go for it. If I'm an athlete, a kid, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get cut, I'm probably not going to try out. So the thing that I started to do, I learned this actually in the middle of skydiving. That's a whole other story. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, I mean, that was terrifying. I was terrified of heights. But I actually learned it right in the middle of skydiving. And I realized, like, why I was creating this negative experience. Because I was like, I'm going I'm to fall, I'm going to die, and all this stuff. And so immediately, I just changed what awaited on the other side. I said, you know what? I don't necessarily know what it's going to be, but I'm going to enjoy this experience. And this experience is going to be something that's going to grow me. And I use that every single time that I go through any type of fear. I evaluate it, and I say, okay, what is the result that I'm going to create this negative? Okay, let me make this a positive thing. And uh, it's really helped me. Um, and as far as with speaking, the funny thing about that was the speaking engagement that really changed my life. It was actually in Dallas at Oakland Bible Fellowship. I was supposed to go to football in New Orleans the next day. Actually, that day. I begged my coach, like, hey, man, I want to do a speaking engagement. He's like, all right, cool. Come on Friday. Uh, the guy was my friend, Jonathan Evans. He actually... Uh, we've been friends since Baylor played me at Baylor played me at the Redskins. And he was like really trying to get me to do this engagement. Five minutes long. I didn't want to do it. I was like, nah, bro, I don't. I, I was trying to do music at that time, rapping. I was like, I can rap. Do something like that. And um, he he really was just trying to, he's like, man, I, my dad's a mega pastor. My sister, my brother's a singer. Like my whole family's like, man, you have a gift. Trust me. Like I, I, I see it in our conversations one-on-one. So I go there and uh, it's in front of like two to 3,000 kids. And 
you know, I was terrified. I prepared the whole night before. Like, I was like, okay, cool. Five minutes, I can talk about football, keep their attention. I literally get on stage and I have stage fright. And I forget. And I just was like, God, use me. And from that moment, I just learned to speak from the heart. And I connected with those kids. And I literally got off the stage that night. And I called my coach. Said I wasn't coming out to everybody. I'm quitting football completely. I'm not pursuing it anymore. And that's the, I, I kid you not, like within three or four months, rehab time took off and my life changed forever. So it took me stepping into a fear to actually change my life and to what people see not to, uh, today is rehab time. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, gosh. Uh, I love that you said the God use me part because um, I do a lot of, especially now, but a lot of online stuff, coaching and training teams and stuff. And I tell people all the time, like, I don't know where it's coming from. Like this, there is no way this is me. Like this is God <laughs> speaking through me. I there, I don't know why it's, I don't know why it's coming out right now. So I love that you said that. And I love that you went into the fear is usually people's failures or prejudgments or even their ego. Cause I think ego is just something that kills more dreams and goals and visions than anything. Uh, I'd love to talk on that. But before I want to know, did you love skydiving? Did you love it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, literally after I was done, I was trying to figure out ways to like, so I wanted to obviously do a tandem jump and I wanted to find ways I could do it by myself. So I think it's like a certain amount of hours. So I was trying to figure that out. And so I'm still going to try to pursue that. So I kind <laughs> you of are? I, uh, when I landed, I, I did skydiving in Dubai and I was like, I don't know if I'm nervous. I don't really want to do this. And we, and it was, it's exactly what you said though. Very similar. Um, and I think Will Smith has a video or something out also kind of similar messaging, but it's like yeah. the whole night before I'm in my mind, like, Oh gosh, I'm jumping out of a plane. What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm gonna hate this. Da, da, da. And it's like, I created this whole fake fantasy of what skydiving was. And then I loved it so much. I'm like, oh my god, so beautiful. It wasn't even that bad. It was amazing. You don't really feel the fall. No, there's no feeling of falling because you have no relativity. The roller coaster's worse. Yeah, (laughs) way worse. And then as soon as I landed, I was like, can we get back in the plane? (laughs) I want to do it again. (laughs) I love it. But um, I think ego is just one of those things where I think you need to have an ego to drive you. I think there needs to be some ego, but then I think there's that ego as well that you're discussing a little bit where it's, it holds people back from so much because they're so scared of what they're going to look like. They're so scared of being, of looking stupid. They're so scared of what other people are going to say about them that they don't even take a, they don't even take a shot. And so, um, I think that kind of ties into sort of your, your facts over feelings thing that you talk about a lot, yeah. but I mean, I just, I feel like you have a lot to say on this subject and I'd just love to hear your perspective. Yeah. And even to touch on like, um, the whole ego thing. Um, I actually, I want to say this week I have a podcast that is kind of touching us as I'm interviewing my friend, Jonathan, cause he pointed that out to me too. And You've said this too, and I was like, man, it's so true just about how ego is tied to fear. And one of the things that I do before speaking now, because I still have nerves come up, like even for in Toronto, I was like, okay, cool. It's like 3,000 people, whatever. And every time those nerves come up, I say, Trent, stop being selfish because you're worried about yourself. You're worried about how you're going to sound, how you're going to whatever look, and you're not focused on serving. So I feel like when you're serving people, um, you can't be selfish and it takes away that fear. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And then when it comes to uh, facts over feelings. I mean, this is like universal. I would say FOF. It's universal to like in life. You can take this for relationships. You can take this for whatever. Um, the thing about feelings, feelings are real. 
No, no doubt. Emotions are real and we should feel our emotions. Um, but we also got to put our emotions in the proper context. Also, our, lest our emotions will control us and we'll live an up and down life. But feelings are real, but feelings aren't always right. So I can feel like I'm not enough. That's not the truth. I can feel like I miss this person, right? I might miss this person, but it doesn't mean I need to be back with that person. I need to go around that person. So you have to write down facts. And so every time feelings come up for me, um, I always allow my facts to make the decisions for me. And so I'll write down, so if I feel like I'm not enough, I'll have facts. Maybe the facts is, um, you know, you've inspired this many people. Um, you, you know, had a conversation with this kid and this kid, you know, decided not to kill himself. Like I have facts that I know I can go to when I have these feelings of feeling like I'm not enough. And by the way, there's times where even now I feel like I'm not enough at times just to be transparent. Yeah. Like, I, I want people to understand that. Sometimes where I feel like, man, am I doing enough? And I make sure I have my, I like to call them fire escapes or emergency exits. So when an emergency pops, like the plane, I know exactly where to go to, to make sure those emotions don't overtake me and send me and send myself into a downward spiral of depression or a downward spiral of self-judgment. So um, write down facts and those facts are your markers to, to bring, you know, reality back to your mind when these emotions are trying to take over. I, I really love that because I think that's an exercise anybody can do to pull themselves out of that. Like you mentioned, yep. you still feel it. And um, I'll just, uh, I love this transparency. It gets me so excited because it moves people, right? Because um, I think people look at successful people, they're like, oh gosh, they have it all together. And so I even had to, I've been talking about it on a lot of podcasts. So I'll mention it now too. I was like, I have serious imposter syndrome. Like even reaching like, yeah, you too. Thank you for saying that. Like I was like, oh my God, if I reach out to even Trent, like is he's, I don't know. Like mm, what he, why would he say? Like I had to, I had to gas myself up. Like Jesse Lee, shut up. Like you've built a bunch of multi-million dollar businesses. Message the man. And I was like, oh God, my boyfriend's like, just do it. What are you, what are you doing? Just do it. I'm like, okay, hold on, babe. Hold on. I need to like deep breath. He's like, you have Rob Dyrdek on your podcast. Message him. I'm like, okay. Like. You know, but we all go through that. So thank you for having that that transparency there. And I will plug your podcast really fast before I go into this. His podcast is called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Y'all should definitely check that out as well, especially, especially if you're looking for um, like a little bit of rehab time, as he calls it, or just yeah. some straight up, this is what you need to hear in your life. Uh, but that facts of our feelings, I think, is it's huge. Like it's, it's paramount because so many people quit on themselves. They quit on their businesses or they quit on their dreams because of, like you would say, those seeds maybe that people plant in their head. Like Trent, you're never going to be good at that. Like Trent, what are you thinking? That little rehab time thing. I forget who said that to you or whatever. Yeah, right? <laughs> These idiots, you know, it's like, yeah. and then you, you stop for a second and maybe you're new in business and it's like, you've made your first sale and people are making fun of you. It's like, go to the facts. Even if you have one customer and the one customer said, you made me feel better. You inspired me. You, whatever it is, I've lost 10 pounds because whatever, you know, who knows what people sell. Like those are facts versus the feelings and it's okay to feel. But I think every time you go into that place, do what Trent just said and just write it down. Just write down what the actual facts are. Um, and, and that just reminds me about like, who have there clearly there I have because you're not you guys can't see him but he's like nodding so hard his head is about to fall <laughs> off okay I'm concerned no but um have you who are some people that have 
been negative like that towards you who have could have impacted your success um and could have totally derailed the rehab time train or any of your other goals and dreams and then how do you stop that well how do you get through that what are, what are the what are the tips you have for that yeah so <laughs> i can talk about this for three hours um all right so... y'all set your clock it's gonna be three <laughs> hours from now and then we'll be done <laughs> um and, and i th- you have to, it's, it's all about context too. So um, you have to understand that, because even as a coach, like I coach my son's football team and, you know, I could give them, you know, uh, you know, be, t- be a little tough on them, tough love on them. And some, some of the kids or even my, even Tristan, he can be like, oh, you know, you're being mean or whatever. He doesn't realize that I'm always trying to like protect him or making sure I'm giving him the right information. And so I think about that because some people um, are doing it unintentionally. Right. They're just projecting themselves upon you. They're projecting their fears. They're projecting their doubts. They're projecting what happened to them. And one of my quotes that I love to say is um, just because they can do it doesn't mean that you can do it. Just because they can be it doesn't mean that you can be it. Never let people place their impossibilities on your life. And mm. it happens. And so mm. the reason I said it, because I don't want people to think like be angry at their mom or their family just because they don't get it. And so I want you to understand this is that it's your vision. Don't expect other people to get it. I think, honestly, one of the worst places to take your vision and idea is to the people close to you. Unless you know that person is like a, a visionary because they're not going to see it. And they, they might shoot you down or they might just kind of be like, oh, okay, you know, kind of give you one of those sympathy. You can do it. Now you have other people that that intentionally do it. And these are people that maybe your growth or success makes them uncomfortable mm-hmm. because some people... If there are, and this can be friends too, it's happened to me where instead of seeing my success as like, as a, as inspiration. So for me, anybody around me that succeeds, I'm happy for them because I now have a tangible person that I know that's no celebrity online. That's no like person I've never met before. Somebody that I know that actually did it, that came from where I came from. I'm like, wow, they can do it. I can do it. That was like one of my driving forces in the NFL was people in my neighborhood that made it to college, that made it to the next level. I'm like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it too. But what happens is a lot of people will think that your success means their failure. And so they want to do everything they can to minimize what you do to make them comfortable. And I see so many people do this. They silence their greatness to make people comfortable around them. And that's one of the biggest things that you can do. It's like committing emotional death to be able to silence something that's inside you that's screaming so loud. Your greatest is screaming so loud, but you quiet that voice to make other people feel comfortable. And when you look at it in this context, everybody, I kid you not, and I'm sure this happened to you. Everybody that said, I couldn't do it, never did it. Everybody said, I couldn't make it to the NFL. They never stepped foot on the NFL field. Everybody said as a speaker, like, Trent, you're too, you know, you don't look like the typical speaker. You know, you don't, you know, you haven't went to these classes or you don't wear a suit and tie. Everybody said I couldn't be a speaker. They never was a speaker. Right. So my advice as I wrap this up is (laughs) stop taking advice from people who are unsuccessful at what you're trying to be successful at. I love it so much, y'all. Some of you need to rewind that section. (laughs) I just did a live. Like, we are so aligned in weird ways. It must be the Texas. I don't know. Like, I I literally an hour ago did a live, and I'm like, some of y'all are out there taking advice, like relationship advice from somebody who's been divorced six times, or you're taking business and finance advice from somebody who, like, literally their phone number looks like an emergency phone number. It's like 911 (laughs) is, like, what their bank account reads. Like, I'm like, why are you listening to these dream stealers?
stealers. And how dare you let somebody steal your dreams who, like you said, is not a visionary. And I would love to know, because I know what you're going to say. How do you let other people see the vision? Like, you have this big vision. You're a visionary. You're going to be the world's best motivational speaker. You're going to travel the world. You're going to all these things. But how, like, like you're saying, there's naysayers everywhere. There's haters everywhere. There's whatever everywhere. How do you get, even maybe the people that are close to you, how do you put vision inside of them? As far as, as far as my vision? Or yeah. Well, we could do both. Yeah. We could do both. How do they well, see your I, vision? I, I'll put it like this. Be the example. And I let people see it through me doing it. And so I always say, you got to be the person that believes in it so much that you already, I'll put it like this. I remember the first time I spoke outside the country is in Sweden out of all places. And they asked me, and I get this every time I go out the country. They always ask me, are you surprised to be here? And I always tell them no, because literally my mind was already in Africa, Sweden. Like I already had, even when people said I was crazy, it was already there before my physical body ever showed up. So it was just playing catch up. Like reality just was catching up to my vision. And so it's the same with other people is that they're going to have to catch up to what you're actually doing, to what your vision. And most people will not believe it until it's actually happening. And then those are going to be, <laughs> it'll be the same people that didn't believe in you that will be like, man, I knew you can do it. That will be on the band. <laughs> it's okay because <laughs> that's how people are sometimes. They have to see it. People lack faith. Right. People say they have faith, but most people lack faith. Most people have to see it to actually believe it. So go do it. And just, you know, when you get there, don't be bitter towards them. Don't be like, I told you I was going to do it. Just inspire them to be able to pull that greatness. And I have so many friends that now are inspired and now doing these things because I made a decision when it was unpopular to make that decision. Now I'm seeing, you know, five, 10 years later, now these same people are now doing things with their life. And that's the greatest uh, reward that I could get for making a decision of going to live it out. I've enjoyed this conversation so much. Like, I'm all smiles, McGee, over here. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to show people. I knew you were going to say that. So I just, you know, <laughs> it's like I just, I do it. It's, people are going to think you're crazy, though. They're going to think that you're, you know, you've lost your mind. They're going to think, oh, my God, Trent has lost his way. Ha has he forgotten he's an athlete? He's not a motivational speaker. Like, they're going to say stupid stuff because they don't understand until you actually achieve it. You know, people made fun of me forever. And I was just willing to look stupid until now they're like, oh my gosh, like she was onto something with that social media thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. How about that? Like all oh, that little podcast will like 800,000 downloads later. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's that little anymore. You know, people, she's going live on Facebook again. Oh Lord here. Like all these little, just, you know, it's crazy. And, and I actually, I don't know if you can relate to this, but a lot of those things would fuel me. Like I would hear yeah. those comments and I'd be like, oh my gosh, you just like, do we need to pull up a seat? Like, just watch me. Like, I'm not going to stop. Like, I'm going to keep <laughs> going. Um, and he, okay. He's laughing and nodding. So I'm going to guess yes. But, um, well, for, well, this, this is the thing too. And you, I mean, you're articulating this so perfectly because I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people allow right external things to stop their internal progress. And it's like, I tell people all the time, yes, there will be haters. There will be people who don't like you. There will be whatever, gossipers. But at the end of the day, once you realize that their opinion, their lack of information that they're trying to put on your life can't stop you, like you're going to keep progressing. And then you make the goal is to make your haters even become believers after a time. So and that's what happens when you keep progressing. So yeah. I think 
what you're doing is incredible. Oh, I what think what saying. you're doing is incredible. This is getting me all, I'm all fired up. I'm like, oh God, what more can I do? Woo! Uh, <laughs> so there are definitely people that we probably need to address because I think people right now are, they're fine. I mean, I know they're motivated. So like, by the way, when you're listening to this, please don't just be motivated. Go do something with it. Take all this energy because we're both pouring a ton of, I can, I mean, I'm hot. So you're probably hot too. Like fit, like temperature wise, like, wow, which means energy is flowing through this, this, this podcast right now, for sure. Take that energy and go do something with it. I just, I want to stop for a second and remind you of that. You, you're, you're hitting on a lot of people's things right now, for sure. Like I'm sure there's pages of notes and they've pulled off the side of the road. I hope they got off the treadmill or else injuries have occurred. Um, but I just, I, I wonder what you think people should do when those people you were just talking about really are those people, maybe even family members that are just so toxic and they know they're toxic, but they don't know what to do. And they've never been given permission to do, you know, the big scary things. And you, you were so eloquent in your book about it. Like you discussed burning bridges. And I just, I feel like this audience needs to hear it because for a lot of people, I think that's the thing that's holding them back. They know what it is. They know who it is. And they just, it's like almost like some people just need the permission to fly. Yeah. Um, I'll try to shorten this though, because this, this could be another three hour conversation. But so the first thing you have to, I feel like ask yourself this question is, well, first thing is this, you have to understand that, um, it's okay to let people go and letting people go. Doesn't mean that you always kick them out of their life. Maybe you control the access that they have to you. Um, sometimes you do have to remove people from your life. Uh, for your peace. And so one of the things I do is I prioritize my peace. If it's draining my peace, I do not want it in my life, period. Because I know where that is going to lead me to. Understand this fact. Sometimes you have to learn how to love people from a distance. And your environment is everything. And I always use the illustration of a garden, of a flower. You can have a flower that has the potential to be the most beautiful flower in the world. If you put that flower that's supposed that can be very beautiful in the wrong environment that flower is never going to grow to its potential. It's going to wither, it's going to die away. If you put that flower in the right environment, that flower is going to do what it's supposed to do. And some of us, we are that flower, right? You look at your life like that. You have everything inside. You have the potential, you have the vision, you have the gift, but you're in the wrong environment. What you surround your life around is what your life will become. And so if I'm you right now, I'm making a list of all the connections in my life. Connection is power. Right. I can have this light that's shining right here. This light has a, a incredible job to illuminate the darkness. But if I never plug the light in, right, it's not going to have power. Connection is power. So what you're plugged into is either strengthening you, is giving you power or is taking your power away. Mm. So write a list of all the connections in your life, all the people that you're connected to. And just simple. Write an E for energize or write a D for drain. And you can even put a CD for constantly drain. If you have constantly drainers in your life. You have to get these people out of your life. People say, don't burn bridges. I always say, I agree to an extent. There's certain bridges you shouldn't burn for misunderstandings, little things like that. But <laughs> there's certain bridges in your life that you have to burn because there's certain bridges in your life that's leading your life back to destruction. That's leading your life back to pain, leading your life back to, uh, you know, depression. And it's always people. Sometimes your own habits. But for this sake, it's a person. So they're leading you back to a lesser you and not the greater you. You have to make that change because it's not their fault no more. When someone has showed you who they are, right, you're choosing to believe that there's someone different. It's not on them. 
It's on you. And so you have to take that responsibility. And don't complain about the things you're not willing to change. I say it all the time. I say, if you know what it is, I say this to myself. Trent, you know what it is. So why are you complaining about it if you're choosing to accept it? And so uh, you deserve exactly what you settle for, good or bad. <laughs> you deserve exactly what you settle for. So true. All of that. Uh, I I really challenge you guys to do that. Those of you who feel like you're stuck, maybe you're stuck somewhere in your business or stuck somewhere in your life and you can't figure it out, Those write down those connections. And then next to them, he says, write down an E if they're energizing, D if they're draining, C, D if they're constantly draining. And just check yourself. Like, I always say this, and I don't know if you'll relate to it, but I'm always like, you're, you have to be loyal, especially to one person. And that person is you. Absolutely. You are stuck with you for the rest of your life. If you are miserable every day you wake up because you are always around negative people, you can, you're not even giving yourself a shot. You're not even giving yourself a fighting chance. And that's, that's not fair. Uh, I would love if you wouldn't mind to tell maybe a story of how maybe you've outgrown some people and what that was like. Cause I think it ties into this conversation of, yeah. of, of this draining people. Um, <laughs> I've outgrown a lot of people, um, you know, and I don't know if there's one particular story, but I just know just even from the standpoint of just my former lifestyle. And you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, a terrible person, but I just had a certain lifestyle that I live, especially, you know, football player. And as I wanted to make this change, you have to realize, like, this wasn't popular. Like, where I grew up at, it's not popular to be a speaker. It's not popular to talk about even your emotions, especially as a man, especially back then in 2000. You know, now it's becoming more acceptable, um, especially with mental health on the rise. But it wasn't popular back then. And I just remember so many of my friends were like, bro, you're going to like leave this lifestyle of VIP. You know, we're in uptown Dallas, all these places. You know, you're going to leave all of this for, for that. And I was like, yeah, I have to do that. And when you make a decision to release people, the journey is lonely. And sometimes when you make a decision, it feels like you made the wrong one because a lot of times we expect when we make a decision, everything to change overnight. But I got lonely for a moment. And then I went into solitude and I realized who I was as a person. And then I developed different habits, right? I got rid of the, the habits that were um, that were destructing my life and I built some better habits to reconstruct my growth. And that wasn't popular. You know, I wasn't around the same group of friends anymore and people would talk, you know, people would say different stuff. Like even, I still hear it every now and then now. Oh, Trent isn't like that. I knew Trent in college. I knew Trent in, in middle school, right? It's like, he wasn't like that. And all these rumblings I would hear and still kind of hear every now and then. And um, even from people that I care about, even from people that I love. And it, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt, but then I put in this proper context. And how you put in this proper context is by understanding. I cannot stress the importance of this word. When you understand just anything in general, when you understand where something is coming from, you don't take it as personal. Mm -hmm. So when I start to see who was giving this information, who was saying these things, who was jealous, who was hating on me, who was saying stuff. I'm like, man, I like literally I gave everything to and helped so much. But it's like when you stop doing the one thing, you can do a hundred things for a person, but they'll remember the one thing that you didn't do and hold you to that. And when I, when I didn't stop, when I stopped doing those things for that person or people and they started, I'm like, man, like what about all the stuff that I did do? Then I started to understand where it was coming from, right? It wasn't about me. You know, it wasn't about, oh, why are you mad about me happy and building a family it's because they weren't happy right. and so when i started to understand where these things were coming from it started to help me elevate my life and i didn't have i like to call it success skill 
because you can have that where you're the one in your environment that's successful and you feel like everybody else is not being and you kind of start feeling bad. It's almost like survivor's guilt. And so, uh, yeah, I just had to bring understanding to the situations and it helped me grow. I love that you, I love the understanding where something is coming from and then you understand it not as personally. I think that's so important because a lot of the things will be things that hurt your feelings. You know, it, it yeah. tends to be those like, ah, ah, the things that like they get you up yeah. right in the, ah, and you're like, man, seriously. Uh, and thanks for sharing the part about, you know, people, oh, I knew Trent back when, like, oh, and yeah, I went to sure. middle school with Trent. Eh, like I always say something and uh, I know I, I respect your time. So I'm asking you one more question. I'll let you yeah. go. But I always tell people, I'm like, you know, it's crazy because if you're saying things like that, then you're not growing. Because I feel like if I met you even, I mean, it might not even be six months ago at this point. If I haven't met you, if we haven't seen each other for three months, like, let me reintroduce myself because I am a totally evolved, different version. Like, how dare they say, you know, 12 year old Trent Shelton, let me tell you about 12 year old little Trent. Like, were you, have you even, have, like, were you having any puberty yet? Like, are you serious? Like, you're going to say, I know Trent. Like, you don't know Trent. Like, you need to sit down. You need to beat me back it up. Like, you don't know. You don't know. You knew the trend. You knew the trend that was beneficial to you, and that's the thing with people. They're Ooh. gonna hold on to that person that was beneficial for them in their life, and that's the person they're gonna hold on to. So if your change isn't beneficial for them, they will never want to see your change because it doesn't benefit their life in any way. And it's almost like reflection want, right? too, right? Like they look at themselves, like, oh my gosh, Absolutely. well, we came from the same place, same town, Arlington, Fort Worth area. Like, well, why did he make it? Like, oh no, must have been something. He got lucky, or he got better, <laughs> he whatever. Like, there's always something, and that goes back to the BC mindset, though. I mean, honestly, yep. it's and so I love that you like. I think the self identification of what you're describing right now is so powerful, and I I hope and pray more people have that because it's not easy to come to the, the conclusions we've both come to. It's not easy to see things for what they actually are uh, and be able to continue to grow through it. So like I said, I respect your time. I know you're busy, but well, I don't know how busy you are. It's Corona time. You probably yeah, want to go crazy. biking. Tristan's ready for bicycling. It's a nice day. Finally, it was like, it was like so cold this weekend. I was dying. I'm like this it was like 80 something degrees tomorrow. Tomorrow, I know. I'm like, oh, yeah. open up the pool. Let's go. I've been waiting. <laughs> um, <laughs> my final question for you is I would just love to know if there is something you think like it can be a long rambling thought it can be one thing it can be whatever but if there was one thing that you think could take people to that next level of success and it's probably something with mindset with you uh would you mind sharing that with all of these people today yeah so hmm the thing that's in my heart right now and I don't know if people are really going to get this as far as like, sometimes when I talk about this, like, how does that have to do with my success? Well, I feel like it has a lot to do with it. You know, when I talk to businesses a lot, um, I'm a big person that I'm always going to tie in self-worth. Now, I might not tie in as much if I'm speaking, depends on the message, but I feel like that is everything because when you're aware of yourself, when you have the emotional intelligence of yourself, it frees you up to do so many things. It frees you up to be creative. It frees you up for ideas. And the thing that I pray um, that everybody listens to this podcast really takes as far as taking your business to the next level is prioritizing your peace is protecting your peace is protecting your mental health because a drain you will not resort to anything great over time. Trust me. I know. 
Um, you can have all the great ideas. You can work, 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 work. But if you're not taking care of your inner self, you're not taking care of your soul, you're not taking care of your mental health, burnout is very near. And um, there's something that happened to me in 2015 where I was traveling the world doing these tours and the business was booming. The business was booming, but my emotional health was not. It was declining. And I had to step away for about a month or two just to really focus on what matters most because there's no point of being successful to the world if you're empty inside. Fulfillment is the true success, whatever that looks like for you. So if it's money that fulfills you, great. And I would definitely tell you, or if it's followers online, great. But I would definitely tell you to search for fulfillment. That's something that's internal and not external. Because when you fill your internal cup, I promise you, when you step out into the world with all your ideas, it makes it a lot easier to achieve. Um, so ask yourself this question. And I think a lot of people are asking themselves this question in this moment anyway, especially with this coronavirus is what matters most? What's going to matter most when you get to the end of your life? What's the thing that you're going to look back and be like, man, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I spent my life doing that. It fulfilled me. Are you going to have the conversation like, man, I was super successful, but I was still unfulfilled. So find fulfillment and what that means to you and spend the rest of your life uh, filling up that cup. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing from your heart. Um, I think that this was incredibly beneficial. I know it is so aligned with the listeners of this podcast. And I just thank you so much for your time today. I know you're a busy, busy man, Mr. Trent Shelton. Thank you, Jesse. I really appreciate you and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Of course. And we will, I will tag all your stuff in the show notes. Hopefully we get your merch up and running soon so we can support that and your books and everything else. Um, But you're an incredible man. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Hey guys, I'm pretty sure you loved this interview with Trent Shelton. And if you did and you are looking for the scavenger hunt, the letter of the scavenger hunt with Trent is QQ as in, I don't know, quail. Hope you love it. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, keep doing the scavenger hunt.